Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, I'd give a rat's ass about Twitter. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts on this Friday edition of the show. There's been a lot of news that affects the NFL Draft, and we're going to spend today's show recapping it all. Kyle, the people have been wanting more Dolphins analysis from you, and now they'll get all they can ever handle. Uh, Congratulations on the new gig, sir. Thank you. So Joe mentioned at the top of the show, a lot of news. Yes, there is news. I am now the standing lead editor and managing editor of the Dolphins Wire with USA Today, which I'm very excited about. So uh, Joe, we've, we've talked quite extensively on this podcast about how my quote unquote love for the Dolphins has formed me into the draft person that you know today and <laughs> yeah. the, those prompts. And uh, this was an opportunity that was was extended to me. I want to uh, wish the best to Antoine Staley, who is the uh, former man holding the spot. I met Antoine in Miami in 2016, scouting uh, Miami Pitt. So he's a really good dude. Talked to him for probably 30, 40 minutes in the press box and uh, wish him well on his new endeavors. And and more than happy to be stepping into the role where I get to cover the team, which is a new experience for me and and can't wait to see how it goes. And Joe now locked on Bills and Dolphins wire and holy cow, man, we're the time is a flat circle, right? Like <laughs> we become draft guys because we don't want to think about our teams or we do want to think about our teams. And then we become draft guys professionally. And now we're also team guys professionally. It's cool. And just- and just to be clear here, nothing changes with draft dudes. Nothing changes. Oh, with correct. Draft yeah, Network. no, I'm I'm still here every single day. I'm still doing all of my responsibilities with Draft Network. I posted like four reports on TDN this morning. We're recording Friday morning for once, which is kind of cool. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just uh, nothing changes. It's just I'm a grinder. So, yeah, <laughs> too much free time for me is not a good thing. Very good, sir. So the Dolphins takes will be a plenty from at grinding the tape on Twitter with at the Dolphins wire, right? If anybody wants to uh, engage with uh, some Finns news, that'd be the spot for you. Um, but speaking of news, Kyle, let's we got a rundown here. And there's one topic that I've been dying to get into with you because you and I haven't talked about this. And it's weird because you and I talk about literally everything that comes across that's relevant in the football world, especially the NFL draft. Uh, for, for whatever reason, we just haven't dug into this DK Metcalf picture that came out. And I'm sure by now everyone's seen it. And he basically just looks like a, I don't, I mean, what do you even say? Just muscles on top of muscles in every part of his body. I mean, just thick and huge and bulky. And I mean, just a, a rare physical physique that uh, you just kind of, you, you just say, what in the world? And, um, Everybody knows my affections for for DK Metcalf, and uh, you know I wrote an article about how he's a freak and how he's primed to prove that he's a freak. But now he's like a beast, and you're back. I, I don't know if people know this or not, but you have a degree in oh god, get it right, uh, come on, come on. Oh, I, I, come on. Um, it's uh, what does it begin with? <laughs> okay, 
kinesiology. Yes. And that's exercise science. Exercise science. And you understand the human body and its movement and its capabilities, et cetera, et cetera. So – can, and there's been a lot that's come out of people are like, oh my god, this is crazy. He's huge. He's too big. He's David Boston. You know, even some, uh, you know, Jim Nagy and others, other people that have NFL scouting experience have said, you know, man, this is this is kind of concerning because he's so thick and he can't move. Anyways, I've set the scene here, Kyle. What should we think about this DK Metcalf picture? Well, here's the thing, it's a picture, right? Do you remember like Fat Tony Romo? <laughs> And Alshon Jeffrey. Well, I mean, Alshon did have a little bit of a tummy on him, but like Tony was like, Tony just looked fat. And then like you saw him two days later and you're like, wow, like Tony's not that fat. DK, anytime you get that like 45 degree side profile. Yeah. And I'm assuming they were lifting weights in some capacity, right? Like he's probably all swollen up and like, if you took his picture the next morning and had him stand like facing you directly or a side profile, you'd be like, yeah, this guy's yoked, but you wouldn't be like, oh my God, this guy's a defensive end. So I think once you get your phone under control, thank you. <laughs> um, I think there's some lost context with that photo that it's a still, it's a very flattering angle for DK. But I do think there is something to be said for you know the the narrative that kind of sprung up here is like oh you can't have that much muscle and like he's working at one of the premier training facilities in the country yeah i don't think he's going to be doing anything in his combine training prep that would be detrimental with their oversight to his ability to test well and run fast and move and change directions. And I I just don't think that's necessarily, I can't see that, you know, that's really hard to picture. Like your, your agent sends you to this training facility with these world-class athletic trainers and training staff, and they're going to let you train totally wrong and bodybuild. It just, that just doesn't (laughs) vibe for me. So I think it kind of got blown out of proportion, but yes, like the picture's freaking nuts. (laughs) But at the same time, I think, it was a nice set of conditions and angles and immediately after workout, like I don't think he's, I don't think you're going to see him the next time you see DK Metcalf and be like, Oh my God, like he's 260 pounds. Right. Cause I'm like, Oh God, is he going to have to rush the passer? <laughs> like, is this, this going to be an edge, but yeah, it's uh, like the I, pro bowl, right? <laughs> the pro bowl, Kamara and Saquon Barkley rushing passer. DK is going to be a right. rusher now. Right. So, and that was my one takeaway from the whole thing. I'm like, this dude's training at Exos in Phoenix. This is where the premier prospects go. There is no way that they're going to encourage or, or have him exercise in a way that's going to not help him. And, and, and the fact that he's got 27 years of NFL experience in his father, his uncle, and his grandfather combined. Like, I just could not imagine them him being steered wrong. And and maybe he just, he just there are people I, that you know I've I played football in, in high school and a little bit in college I I know these people that just have God given physical physique you know and like they don't even work hard and I'm not saying that about DK but there's just people that just their blood they're they're just they don't have to work hard they just have a good physique you know and so that I mean that 
Could be the case. Could be the case here. But I don't think we need to overreact. Let's see what he looks like at the Combine and uh, and trust that Exos has prepared him well. I agree. Speaking of the Combine, a prominent player was invited to the Combine, and then he was taketh away from his invitation from the Combine. Speaking of Jalen Ferguson from Louisiana Tech, uh, the NFL has is you know they're once you accept the combine invite you're uh, you agree to a background check and when that was done it was uncovered that Simmons or excuse me that Ferguson uh, ha, ha, was it a he got in a fight at McDonald's and had a, a, a arrest for simple battery in like and high then, school uh, it was it was before it was a freshman year before he started playing at Louisiana Tech yeah. and then he had a, a, an arrest for uh, public intoxication. And now he can no longer participate in the NFL scouting combine. A lot of people mad about this, Kyle. What do we think? Uh, I think if it's in violation with the policies in place, then you have to hold him to that. But if it's in violation of the policies in place, then I think we need to reassess the policies in place, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, like I completely understand the stance regarding – Violence against women and domestic violence, you know, because they are there. I mean, they're separate things, too, like the Jeffrey Simmons things, which which we're going to talk about in a minute. Like that wasn't a domestic violence incident because that wasn't between him and a significant other in their household. Right. That that was just an assault of a woman. Yeah. Um, So I, I don't know the full context of the Ferguson altercation, if that involved a woman in any capacity. But, you know, for the site, for, for them to even reference like, oh, he, he had public intoxication and, and he's not invited. Like, why? Right. Like, that's not relevant whatsoever to the situation. So if you're going to start like handpicking guys and, you know, if you, you find a violation of the policy and then you're just going to list their entire rap sheet, don't do that. Tell us what the player did specifically and why that violated the policy. Because I think the, the confusion in the gray area is what makes this so questionable to me. Well, I mean, Elijah Holyfield and Riley Ridley have marijuana arrests. Are they are they good? They can go. I mean, like, what's no, the? No, because they got a drug test, and that's why. <laughs> what's the parameters? Yeah, I don't get what, it. What, I, I I get the violence against women. Like, sure, like, yeah, this is going to be a red flag against you. But like, this is. I mean, I don't think this is very unique stuff when it comes to kids going into college. That happens to them. They, you know, they get in scraps. They drink do stupid stuff in public i mean like what <laughs> i don't know man I, I feel like this is a weird way to discriminate against behavior for people at an odd point in their life where they've had several years to define you know define and redefine themselves in a lot of ways i mean good god think about the person you were 18 9 19 versus 22 23 like those are those are really formative years where you really grow and evolve as a human being and so to hold like I just think it's frivolous, and, and if it's a rule, it's the rule, right? Like then that's that's the standard that you set. But sometimes rules are bad, and you need to revisit them. And this one was really confusing to me, and it didn't seem like there's anything overly harmful or anything that should really be punishing Jalen Ferguson. And if anything, the 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 combine is a big interview, right? And and you should expose them them to the NFL decision makers, to the media, to be able to have to face these questions and answer them. And so. Uh, I don't know if this is the stuff I'd be be rescinding NFL scouting combine invitations from. Right. I agree. It's it's, there's importance with them talking with evaluators about 
those circumstances. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I know they're going to get the chance to do it at the pro day, but like, isn't that the whole point of the combine? Right. Like, don't tell me the point of the combine is just to run around in spandex because we know that's not true. Right. Right. So is a silver lining here also not to kind of like toss a wet blanket over this whole discussion. Does it actually matter? If a team likes Jalen Ferguson and they're comfortable with the skill set and they, they're, they're going to do their own background, they're still going to draft them wherever they were going to draft them. There's not that big of an implications, but I think this uh, to me, it's like this overtone and in, in what it puts on this person in, in their, you know, in their, in their process here. I think it's I think it's funky. I think that's my biggest problem with it. I don't, I'm not sure that it has that much of an impact, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think if a team likes you, the only the only impact is it might prompt them to roll the dice that you might be around later. Right. Maybe like that's maybe maybe if that maybe. maybe. Right. And and Ferguson is funky in in terms of where you see different valuations of him. You know, you've seen him mocked in the first round. If I talked to John Ledger and Kyle Krabs, they'd probably tell you that's pretty crazy. It's very crazy. (laughs) All right. Let's get on to the let's get on to another guy that's already been not invited to the combine. And this one is for domestic violence. Or I, I guess it's not the it's just uh, violence on a woman. Jeffrey Simmons, Mississippi State. We already dealt with that. We've talked about that. Well, now he's torn his ACL as part of his training process. And uh, I guess I'll take the lead here. I gave you the lead on the other two pieces here. I, obviously, very unfortunate. And I, whenever this happened, you know, you first thing you start thinking about is his draft stock, right? Like, how does this impact his draft stock? And you and I talked. Uh, in the last couple of weeks about Simmons and his draft stock and how we really just didn't think that he was going to be a first round pick for the simple fact that I don't think any team really wants to have the headline of their draft being a guy that has that on his resume in terms of the assault on the woman, the video available for it. And, right. and they're just they're whether or not he's worthy of a, of a first round pick, people will tell you he's probably worthy of a top 10 pick, but for him to be the headline, of your draft class, it probably would push him to second round, just like Joe Mixon. That's what we thought. And then the ACL tear comes. And this isn't something we haven't seen. I mean, I think there's two similar circumstances recently. And Jalen Smith, the linebacker from Notre Dame, and Sidney Jones, cornerback uh, from Washington. Both of those guys went in the second round. And so I think he was already probably going to slip a little bit. So I still think he's definitely a day two pick and probably a second round pick. Now, the, the thing is, it's probably going to be a team that can afford to wait on him. And it, it could be a, a wait that's well worth it. But I, unfortunate, probably still a day two pick. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think this is a prime situation for a team after the end of the first round. Everybody kind of sits down, reassesses their board. There's going to be some team that doesn't see a lot of attractive value with their following couple of picks, right? And that debate is going to say, if we, if we can't get good value for these picks, we have options. Why We can either finance them, trade them to somebody else, and get a premium with quote-unquote interest and get a higher pick in return in next year's draft. Or we can bundle these picks together and we can jump up and get a guy that we know we can get right now, lock in, is extremely good and will be a help to us in the same time window as the players that we would be getting with advanced picks next year. So I think that's an interesting way to look at it, right? It is kind of think about, do, do we buy or sell? 
If you want to buy, you could trade up, get into the middle of the second round, draft Jeffrey Simmons knowing you're probably not going to get him on the field at all in 2019, and that's okay. Because if you don't like the value of those picks, you're going to move out. You're not going to be getting much of anything in 2019 anyway. So I I think the mid-round to a team to get aggressive and jump up and grab him as a slider that has some depth on their roster is I think the the way I think is most likely way for it to play out. And the last thing we want to get into, the Denver Broncos. John Elway has acquired a quarterback. Joe Flacco, Super Bowl winning quarterback. Joe Flacco for a fourth-round pick. And you wrote a piece on this. And uh, what what do you what are the overarching themes here for you? And how does this affect the 2019 NFL draft? It's interesting, right? Because the supply and demand for quarterbacks this year in the draft is not ideal because there's more demand than there is supply for young potential starters in this year's class, in my opinion. So I think you'll see and continue to see interest in acquiring established veterans. And Flacco was the one that was probably the easiest to move because he has zero guaranteed left in his contract. He has no cap penalties whatsoever. And looking at some of the other guys, uh, Ryan Tannehill will be a cap hit to the Dolphins. So the Dolphins are kind of handcuffed with how they can handle that because teams know that there's a a deadline for, for Tannehill that the dolphins need to move him by uh, to minimize their, their cap space, or they're just going to cut their losses and you can negotiate with him in free agency case Keenum. uh, The Broncos now have absolutely zero leverage with case Keenum because case is in the last year of his contract. He's due, I believe $21 million and Mm. 11 of that is fully guaranteed money. Hmm. So if you're a team and you're interested in acquiring Case Keenum and Denver says, hey, we'll trade you a mid-round pick for Case Keenum. Well, you're trading for a career journeyman who's in the last year of his contract and is due $21 million for a team that is currently on the books to pay $39.5 million to Joe Flacco and Case Keenum. Why the hell are you going to give them anything (laughs) for that? Just wait it out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So uh, you can live ahead. without him too, right? Let's right. Like case, nobody's gonna be like, ah, right. shit. We ruined our our off season. We didn't get Case yeah. Keenum. Like, yeah, no. You know. So I, I just think the the other veteran quarterbacks that have the potential to fill these voids, unless a team gets desperate, the teams holding these players right now do not have a lot of leverage. So I think it's gonna be one of the more fascinating things to see play out throughout the course of the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and I don't think, you know, it's funny because like the the Drew Locke stuff to Denver has been <clears throat> like super weird for that much interest to be like stated publicly at this point. And if you thought that Drew Locke was gonna go to Denver, I don't know that acquiring Joe Flacco changes nothing. <clears throat> right. I mean, a team just drafted and traded up for Lamar Jackson in the first round that had Joe Flacco in place. That was their I mean, whatever you thought about it, he was their guy for a long time, like very committed to Joe Flacco. So I don't think that this really affects Denver's plan to get a quarterback at 10. No, I don't think this changes anything 
for them at all. Uh, I still think that the Drew Locke thing is is very logical because just look at what John Elway just did, right? He just went out and got this guy. He got the the fifteen year old ver- version of this guy. <laughs> like, Drew was a little better, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, but think about Joe coming out. Yeah, Joe had a little bit to him, not a lot. No, not but Drew a lot. doesn't have a Drew doesn't have a lot to him either. He'd tell you he's underrated athlete. Yeah, no, he can move, he can <laughs> scoot a little bit, but so I don't know. I mean, it's just I don't think it changes anything from the teams that are drafting a quarterback's perspective because Denver, as we just said, is still in play, and I don't really think it changes anything from the trade perspective because these teams don't have leverage that have the veterans. Yeah, but we're not a, done. And- Mm. We're definitely not, We're not moving. I'm right. Wait, right. I mean, we saw we saw Cleveland trade this a sick top like a 65th pick in the draft, like a high three, like the first pick in the third round to the Bills for Tyrod Taylor. And he still drafted Baker Mayfield. It wasn't their answer at quarterback. So right. I, I mean, there's a lot of evidence to lead you to believe that. Look, they're just and, and part of, but at the same time, I'll, I'll kind of say this too. At the same time, you can see. John Elway saying, hey, we've got a great defense in place. We've got a great defensive-minded head coach. We've got some young weapons on offense. If we can get a stable guy like Joe Flacco, we got a chance. And to me, that screams seven, eight wins, right? You but know who I've seen do this every a single lot of year? Teams. Every single year? Who is this? The Miami Dolphins, man. They get an average at best quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. And we say, okay, you know, let's just we'll get good enough QB play. And if we're good in other places and we throw money at things in other places, we'll be fine. Don't work like that. You can't do it with with Joe Flacco. No, I'm saying I would I wouldn't dismiss that that's their idea. So I well. But do you think it works? No, it doesn't work. It, okay. The worst thing you can do is is cling to that stupid idea. Like, and what is Miami doing right now? Total Tear, rebuild. Tearing right? the whole thing down. Blowing the whole thing up. And the quicker you can do that and realize that you're primed for six to nine wins every year. And, I mean, you, you either settle for that or you, you really make moves and shuffle the deck. And I'm nervous that John Elway's never going to do that. We'll see. We'll also see what next week has in store for us here in the Draft Dudes. Why don't you guys hit subscribe, come on back. Not a bad segue, right? Closing yeah, things always, out. I always see um, you're always doing a nice job there. Getting yeah, I mean, you, yep. put me, you put it on a tee for me sometimes. I try. Sometimes I, I got to think about it. So this was good. <laughs> this was a good one. Uh, hit subscribe. Leave us a, a five-star view if you've been enjoying the show. We had a great week this week. We want to, again, thank Divine and Sigbo for coming in on Thursday. want to thank Ben for stepping in for Joe on Wednesday when Joe was suspended for uh, – Personal conduct policy oh, okay. violations yeah. to TDN's personal conduct. Po- I don't know what they were, but they didn't yeah. tell me. They just said you yeah. were suspended for that. Understand? Thank- I'm glad those weren't disclosed. Yeah, and takes on takes. We had a great week of take on takes too. So, uh, yeah. hoping to get some more players lined up to get on the show. We have some leads that we're working on, but I'm not going to tell you who they are. You just guys just have to come back and find out. I'm Kyle Krabs at Grinding Tape, signing off with Joe Marino at the Joe Marino. Thanks as always for listening to the Draft Dudes podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.